Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WGR Sports Radio 550. It's time to take a look inside high school sports. Now, here's your host, Tony Caligiri. Brought to you by Mighty Taco. Mighty Taco would go great right about now. By Minio and Sapio Italian Sausage. Taste the difference quality makes. And by Dent Neurologic Institute. Developing solutions to neurological problems faced in our community. Good morning. Welcome to Inside High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Caligiri, along with Mark Paul Slaughter, Roger Weiss, and Joe Marguccio making his return to the program. Ready to talk some uh, football today. Kensington Lions All-Star Game was this past Wednesday. We'll do a recap of that. And we're going to do something a little bit different this morning. We're going to get into our all-time All-Star team based on players that we have watched play over the years. It's not scientific. But we're just going to throw out some names and uh, see how that goes. Good morning, guys. Morning. Good morning. And don't forget, we'll have uh, Bill's training camp coverage. What do we have? Uh, Sal coming up at 11 o'clock from uh, Rochester? Matthew Collar is oh, going to be live at Bill's training camp. He'll have Sal along as practice winds down at around 12 o'clock. Are they doing two today or just one practice? They're just doing the one practice, 10 to 12. Okay. So this is going to be exciting. Get some news from the guys. See what's going on in Bill's country. News and notes, Roger Weiss. I have a couple things, Tony. Uh, one, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Jim Block. Uh, he's a softball coach for the uh, Cayuga Gamblers. They won a tournament uh, in uh, – 19 and under tournament in Watertown last week. Uh, that gets their career record to 205 wins, 24 losses, and five ties. Uh, <laughs> if you'll recall, they had a World Series of uh, softball a week before last, and they were doing real well, and all of a sudden they got jabbed out of the tournament. The reason I say that is it was an 18 and under tournament. However, they have a rule stipulation 18 and under, but you're restricted. Anybody who has played or is committed to college is ineligible. Now, people can make their rules, but that makes no sense to me. If you're marketing it as the World Series, 18 and under, don't you want the best of all 18 and unders? If you don't want college players in it, make it 17 or under or something. But with all the restrictions, again, they didn't lose it on the field. Uh, they were, uh, I think, a Final Four team, and they uh were eliminated because of that. But I want to give a shout to them. If the name is familiar, it's uh, Jim Block, is Allie Block's uh, dad, who is, uh, was at Canisius last year, is transferring to Buff State. So that's from Cayuga Little League out my uh, neck of the woods? Uh, Cayuga Gamblers is probably, well, Jim Block is, uh, you know, from, uh, lives in uh, Pendleton. His daughter went to Start Point and all that. But uh, this is, oh, well, 200 wins is probably. Four or five years, I don't know exact total of travel ball. Well, speaking of Cayuga, congratulations to my buddy Bob Pilato and his daughter Gracie on winning the championship in their softball division at Cayuga Little League. Okay, the other thing I have, Tony, uh, I know, take whatever I say about the Buffalo News with a grain of salt. They came out with their all current year best teams and all that. 
Power they, 10. Power 10, power whatever. On the honorable mention, they gave uh, honorable mention to the Will South boys basketball team and the Will North girls basketball team. They were state semifinalists. Fine. Having said that, uh, both of them pretty much got their bells rung when they went to the state semifinals. On the other hand, Panama boys and Panama girls were both state. Uh, well, Panama boys were also state semifinalists. Panama girls were uh, state finalists and lost by two points, and they were, were not recognized in the Power Ten. So, again, Southern Tier Class D. I apologize to those schools. They should have been all recognized. All right, guys, we're going to talk about the Kensington Lions All-Star Game. That was Wednesday. I was not able to attend. I had a uh, coaches meeting to go to that was at Starpoint for Little League football. We go over the rules. Let me tell you something. That was a phenomenal uh, meeting. Uh, Sheriff Jim Votour of Niagara County got up and spoke about uh, uh, you know, teaching kids that you know you have controlled violence on a football field, but you need to know about respect off the field. And I'm going to get into that on another day. In fact, I, I'd like to invite uh, Sheriff Vortour in. And he was telling a funny story. He, he went to uh, uh, some law enforcement thing in uh, North Carolina, and I think it was, I think he said it was in Charlotte. And he's walking around in his street clothes. And people were stopping and asking for his autograph, and he couldn't understand why they thought he was Ron Rivera. (laughs) 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 I was cracking up. That is funny. Uh, So he says he got sick of it by the end of the day and just says, okay, here, sign sign somebody an autograph. (laughs) Tony, I just want to say, you know, I have been to that facility before at uh, Tonawanda High School, but it was usually during a funky bowl game, which happens, you know, late in October, and the weather isn't always the best. Well, we were there the other night, and even uh, the weather was gorgeous. The heat had just ebbed enough where it wasn't an issue and all that. We didn't have to have, you know, heat alert timeouts and all that. And whatever facility is even much more impressive and, you know, late August and all that. I didn't make it to the uh, concession stands to check that out. I figured with Markel there, I didn't have to. So uh, How was the stands, Quell? Honestly, I just got a water, but they did have the taco in the bag. And it, it, if you key. got, if you got, yeah, that's a major key. If you got taco in the bag, We're if you good. don't have taco in the bag, you need to get it. That's they, why I uh, stayed on the <laughs> south side, which is opposite side of the field. Although I understand they had a temporary tent over on the south side as well there. I didn't. Oh, I ain't yeah, believing people. The cheerleaders were running that, and the money went to the cheerleaders on the other side. Cool. Oh, that's sweet. All right, Quell, give us the breakdown on how the game uh, shook out. Really, really good game. Um, honestly, we we know how we we look at the rosters, and you never know. You look at the rosters, you'll think one thing, and then you history Watch shows the game, and it's something. Yeah, you, history shows is totally, totally different. Uh, th- this was a pretty, pretty good ball game. Um, North end up winning this. I think this is three in a row for North now. Of uh, twenty nine to twenty six, of oh my gosh, it was a really good ball game. The third quarter was incredible. South actually started out with the lead. They scored first. Um, Lyle Grant from Alden was able to punch it in. Um, Roger, who who got south to the goal line though? Right before Lyle Grant scored, the big EJ, guy EJ Stanishesky yeah. from East Aurora. Tony. You ought to, there ought to be a law against people that big. They had to do it like little loop football. If you're so big, you got to play the line. 
Oh, my God. You see this guy. Who the heck? To, to the North player's credit, and I should have gotten a number of the person that actually made that That's tackle about a yard short of the goal line. How big but. is he? He's a big boy. He's a, I, I'm, I'm surprised he didn't score. I, I was really shocked when I seen him get the ball rumbling and stumbling to the goal line. But it, it was a sight to see. He got south to the he got south to the one. Lyle Grant punched it in, put south up six zip in the first quarter. North was able to come back in the second quarter. Tyler Stranahan from Canisius. Um, I think this was a play that looked like a broken play. Tried to hand it off, and something happened in the handoff, so he kept it. Um, it seemed like a design run as soon as he went up the middle because there, there was daylight, and he went 18 yards for a touchdown. Um, and then their kicker, Jarmenia, gave him a 7-6 lead. Um, but before halftime, Tyree Brown and his teammate David Thomas, they missed each other a couple of times um, during the first quarter and a half, but he found them for a 70-yard touchdown. It Typical was a, Tyree. <laughs> Typical, six, right? Six completions, 178 yards. Just Only chuck it up there them. and go for it. Exactly. And that, that gave um, South a 12-7 lead. Um, but before the quarter was over, Dono Allender – um, Mooport? who is yeah, uh, Daryl Dale Johnson. Johnson's uh, nephew. Yeah, his nephew. He's he's a tall kid. Yeah, he's a big kid. This he kid is four. May have been the tallest player on the field. Yeah, and he can move. I, I was able to see him earlier this year against Chicktawaga. The kid can move. He's impressive. Um, he was able to run it in eight yard run, and then Darren Thompson, who we'll talk a little bit more about in a second, scored the two point conversion to give North a fifteen twelve lead. Going into halftime, and then right after halftime, first play, Darren Thompson, who just scored the two-point conversion. Mind you, I think he he missed half of his senior season, and he's an All-State. St. Joe's, uh... St. Joe's running back, missed half the season, but he won a state title in track um, in outdoor. And first play of the second half, 78 yards, boom. Right up the middle, um, Sam Ray... I think he had a St. Joe's um, lineman on the line. No, Sam Ray is star point. Yeah, but Sam Ray was a St. Joe's lineman, and then one more lineman, I forget, who had really, really good blocks on that play. Oh, my God. He didn't get touched. Went straight up the middle, cut outside, and then it was over. 78 yards, untouched. Gave North the 22-12 lead right out the gate um, in the second half. And then um, Tyree Brown again finds Chris Libertori from OP. I think he finds him 15 yards down the field, and then he runs 55 more yards for a 70-yard touchdown on a little swing play to the outside. That put South within four. It was 22-18 in the third quarter. But the third quarter wasn't done because Darren Thompson, who, um, by the way, got offensive MVP for the North, scored again, 11-yard touchdown reception from Allender. And the Armenia kick gave North a 29-18 lead in the third quarter. South, a couple good drives in the fourth quarter. Spire was able to find Brandon Metz for a touchdown, 23-yard touchdown. And then Spire also threw a um, two-point conversion to put South within three. It was 29-26, but that's where the score would remain. Um, South had a couple more drives at the end of the quarter. Um, somebody dropped the ball with like a minute or something left that would have kept the drive going. But all in all, it was a, it was a really, really good game. Um, South had a couple chances 
One of my favorite kickers, um, Jason Shuttlesworth from Hamburg, who a couple years ago kicked like a 45-yard field goal when time expired um, to take it into overtime when they beat Will South a couple years ago. He um, he didn't have his best day um, kicking PATs. He had a PAT block, and I think he missed another field goal. But he's he, yeah, he, yeah. The other one that he missed, uh, they were going to go for two. But then somebody jumped yeah. on a false start. They had to move him back five yards. So yeah, they weren't exactly, going to try exactly. for an eight-yard uh, two-point conversion. I don't know why. With Tyree, a quarterback, eight yards. Maybe, <laughs> it's not, maybe there's not enough field for him to work with. But, uh, yeah, he, he kicked it real well, but he just – I, I, I thought it was – It's in. tough I, to get your timing down, Pat. Well, no, when, the timing was fine. It was just wide left. And, you know, on an extra point wide left, even from five yards back, that's a good trick if you can do it. You know, you really have to pull it. And yeah. It didn't look like he pulled it. The kick looked real good. I thought it was in, yeah. And uh, from my angle, but it was wide left. You know, in fact, I was stunned when the referee signaled uh, no, you know, wide whatever. Hmm. But, but uh, not uh, his funny day. thing about uh, the extra points, both teams scored four touchdowns, Tony. So, uh and this is uh, another tease for next week. Rich Kozak, our favorite all-time place kicker, uh, <laughs> he would you know, he was just probably saying, "See, the keys are those uh, kickers and all that." And the you know the fact that he missed, he had the one blocked. Yeah. Now, I don't know. That was the very first that was a uh, really PAT. Good block. And then after that, you know, you want to get back into the uh, you know sevens and all that. So he tried for the two-point conversion. That didn't work, and it just you know. Went on and on, whereas North, uh, the what was it, the sweet home kicker? I think he was three yeah. for three for three, and the other time they went for two. If you go to our Facebook page, you can see some of the highlights that Marquell uh, posted, including one of an almost touchdown that uh, oh had gosh. Joe Marguccio scratching his head and even questioning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. Um, I forgot what point of the game that was, but that would have made a big difference in the game. Tyree, it was fourth down in the red zone. Tyree scrambling, looking for somebody. Brandon Metz um, made it incredible. He caught the ball. I mean, at least his hands and the ball, he cradled it. But his feet were just just maybe six inches shy of being in bounds. But it I was, was kind of wondering when I was watching it on uh, you know, the computer and all that because, you know, bearing in mind in high school and college, you only need one foot. You don't have to have both feet in yeah. bounds. So. I was kind of wondering that one myself, but you know, it was the a really good call. Were right though. there, if Markel says it's a good call, that works for me. It was a really good call. It was an amazing play. Yeah, South did take a few key injuries. Uh, John yeah. Dolak, I think, left in the second. Yeah, I heard about that second series, and then Dave Thomas from South Park had blood all over his jersey. He had like part of his ear torn. Ew! Oh. oh. I was just going to so, say, was it his blood or somebody else's? No, he went right to the hospital for stitches. Really? Nice. Well, I hope both uh, guys are okay. Yeah, don't, yeah, Thomas, of course, we said Thomas' name a couple of times. He had an amazing game before that. And then Dolak, you heard his name on every tackle for the first half until that Not injury. And that, yeah, it's, ECC has a lot of good players coming over there. He's one of them. Um, I think he had an MRI the day after. I'm not sure what happened, but I'm wishing for the best. He's sure. obviously one of my favorite football players to watch. The trainer seemed to uh, lean towards meniscus as opposed to one of the ligaments. I also read that uh, one of our guests, uh, Morgan Mariaka, recovered a fumble during the game. That was pretty cool to see. Yeah, um, it, was, it was a few turnovers. He got one of them. 
Um, South had quite a few turnovers. I think they won a turnover battle to lose the game by three points. Um, Marcus Ford from Maryville, he caught an interception early in the game. Um, and there was one more fumble I'm forgetting. I think North actually got that one. But it was it was a pretty competitive game all around. Don't um, be uh, bashful about mentioning your cousin, uh, Mark. Well, he had a real good game. Could have been the defensive player of the game for North. Uh, uh, was it Wilkes from Grand Island, I believe? No, Ronnie yeah, Scholl from Orchard Park got uh, no, well, I mean, for, for, the, North. for the North team. Oh, okay. Yeah, Wilkes from Grand Island got and, it. And uh, it could have been uh, Tory Rogers. Uh, I was impressed. Uh, Again, it's kind of tough because, you know, any other year, Allender might have been the offensive player of the game. But, you know, this young man from St. Joe's just had yeah. the game, you know, a dream game. But Allender looked really good. From, my, uh, from what I read, very great, uh, very good turnout for us. Fans go over 2,000, I think, showed up for the game. No, there were no seats there, left. <laughs> there was more. I, I could have sworn there would have been more than 2,000. Oh, yeah. Both stands were filled. And mm-hmm. just like Tony, I don't know if you remember those games from Lancaster where they're just standing yeah. all the way around. Yeah. It was. There was 100 coaches on the field. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, the coaches are encouraged to come because, you know, no, know. Channel 2 uh, does their uh, previews and all that, so they're interviewing the coaches for the upcoming season for the clips that will take place between now and the start of the football season. So, yeah, it's like a reunion. All right, guys, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to get into just uh, – Get in some football talk, as we like to do here, and we're going to talk about uh, or throw out names for our all-time all-star team based on players that we have watched, not players that we have read about in the history books, but players that we have actually watched. Keep it locked here on WGR Sports Radio 550. We're back. You're listening to Inside High School Sports. Tony Caligiuri, Marquel Slaughter, Roger Weiss, and Joe Marguccio. I'm going to kick back some names around here and uh, – Kind of pick our all-time all-star team based on players we've watched. But before we do that, uh, we want to say good morning to retiring coach Greg Bronson from Lockport. Good morning, coach. Good morning. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Uh, it had to be a, a, I don't know, a surreal night for you. Bittersweet. Bittersweet. Yeah, you're sitting there coaching your, your last game. And, and Roger says you're too young to retire, by the way. Well, I've got one of my... Son's playing ball at the University of Rochester, so I'm uh, leaving the Lockport program so that I can go and watch his final two years there. He was actually on the sideline with us on uh, Wednesday, helping us out with uh, play call and analyzing the defense. And I just wanted to, you know, really give a shout out to the North team because you know, I don't think anybody expected that. Um, there was quite a bit of quite a bit of talk, even at the banquet the night before. There usually is. <laughs> top finalists that were on the South team, and I think it really did come down to to a team effort, especially when you look at the special teams. Joe Armenia with his three extra points. You know, if you look at that, that's the margin of victory. Mm-hmm. And there's a guy who was put on the team a little bit late when some of the more heralded kickers who were eligible from the North uh, weren't able to commit. And here's a guy who got an opportunity and certainly made the most of it. And, you know, we had a chance right at the beginning of the game when you talk about missed touchdowns. We, we had Justin Jones behind the South defense on our very first possession. I think it might have been the second play of the game wide open, and he was unable to hang on to the football. So, I, you know, I just wanted to give the North guys one more shout-out and just uh, extol the, the virtues of team. 
Sure. I mean, you know, we've talked about the importance of special teams until we're blue in the face on this program. So important. And uh, it's a tough part, a tough aspect of the game to teach. So, uh, you know, it, it, it comes into play. It's very important. It's a third of the game. You really have to focus on it. Coach, what, if you were really, if you throw out something, what are you going to miss the most about coaching? Uh, you know, it's definitely the opportunity to interact with you know, young, young guys who are growing their character and, that character is really forged in the midst of competition, and you know it's a daily it's a daily grind. It's all the things that they're going to have to develop in order to become productive college students, productive citizens, productive workers, members of the military, wherever they go. You know, and the chance to impact them in that way on a daily basis is really the the larger purpose for for almost all of the kids who play high school football or any high school sport in general. I think just the dealing with, you know, working with them, dealing with the development of their character, and then later on, you know, seeing them go on to accomplish things that, you know, in part have been forged in the, uh, in the cauldron of the, their high school sports experience. Coach, as you're leaving, do you believe that high school football is headed in the right direction or the wrong direction when it comes to safety? You know, I think there's been tremendous effort put into the teaching of proper tackling and even the character development that's gone on with organizations like uh, cross-training athletics led by Mike Masters, where we're coaches around the section, and I'm sure across the state, and country are focusing on playing the game in a spirit of competitiveness and making sure that everybody leaves the field the same way that they walked on. So with heads-up football and the efforts of guys like Kenny Stolt, who has taken the lead with that, we're learning safer techniques. They're being taught much more regularly. But also I believe many of our athletes are going in with a perspective that they're there to compete. They want to compete against the best on the other team, and they want to do it in a way that's that's fair and that's safe. And I think both of those elements combined are, are what we need right now to combat some of the you know, more critical publicity that the game has been receiving. Absolutely, well said. Hey, coach, best of luck to you and your. So- Wait, Roger has a question before. Yeah, we let quickly. You go. Uh... You did something uh, relatively unique as far as coaching is concerned. Uh, how were you able to have uh, Canisius players and St. Joe's players so compatible the other night? I'll tell you what, those guys were, were a pleasure. I mean, they were quite a large component of, of our team. They, you know, they, they give each other you know, a, a little bit of a good-natured ribbing throughout the week, but they, you know, they realized that in order for – our squad to be successful, they were all going to have to contribute. And, uh, you know, Richie Roberson and Dan Carr were two uh, linemen in addition to Sam Ray who really enabled us to, to have the ground game that we did. And, you know, they're, they're working together in that way for, you know, the larger team cause was really, really a special thing to witness. <laughs> Outstanding. Uh, Coach, best of luck. Best of luck to your son and his career at Rochester. Thank you very much, and you know you guys keep doing the great job that you always have. We'll keep trying. Thank you, Coach Greg Robbins, Ron, uh, Bronson from uh, Lockport, hanging up the whistle after all these years. Anthony, it's funny you uh, mentioned uh, he mentioned Ken Stoltz. You want to know how fast the years go by? Ken's son Brian was one of the assistant coaches on the South Squad. Amazing.
Absolutely amazing. He's right about Ken and what he's doing with Heads Up Football is, is phenomenal. And I know the from the things and the, the teachings that I've been taught uh, recently, it's, uh, it's great. All right, guys, uh, all-time all-star team based on who we've seen play over the years. Now, mind you, there's been a lot of names to come through what, 15 years of this program. Uh, let's see, we'll throw on 15 years of doing play-by-play -play, uh, for Lancaster. Uh, we'll throw in years that I've had of uh, coaching. A lot of football names over uh, over the course of time. I was just going to say it's tough enough, uh, like I said earlier, to pick a all-Western New York team from any given year without leaving somebody off in that. Now, I have trouble remembering you guys' names, and I'm going to remember all of these. <laughs> yeah, well, not only that, but now we got to you know multiply that by, like you say, 15 years that you've been involved with it, and I've been with you, what, going on 13, so... It's, uh, you know, there's a lot of names out there. So the way I did it is just I said, you shout out a school, I'll try to remember a name or the first name that comes to mind. Well, we're going to go by positions. We're just going to throw out positions, and you want to throw in whatever you guys have. We'll start with the big guys on the offensive line. You don't have to necessarily keep it as, you know, true tackle, guard center, and so on. I just went with uh, names, and uh, Raj, a couple of names you might remember, and I'll start off with uh Rick Eicheldinger and Justin Lorenzo uh, from Lancaster. Man, you want to see a duo open holes and take over a game. And they did it on both sides of the ball. They were absolutely amazing to watch. Uh, so I'll start off with, uh, with those two on my line. Also, I'm going to throw out uh, Kyle and Casey Shreve of, uh, of uh, North Tonawanda at center and tackle. Again, just dominant uh, players and uh, I think it was Darnell Sanders from Burgard Raj. Do you recall uh, big lineman uh, that they had a couple uh, years ago? Yeah. I was trying to remember. I hope I have that right, but he was another uh, dominant player that I had on on the line. When I think of the line, I mean you know, look at all the linemen from uh, Orchard Park. How about the Jessenowski brothers from Iroquois, uh, Mooch and oh, yeah. Je Je Jesse won the Trench Trophy the first year I was involved with the Trench Trophy. Uh, Mooch was probably the runner-up. Uh, he did it with uh, uh, Sweet Home uh, lineman, uh, uh, oh God, Nick Chrisman, I believe was his name. Yeah. Him and... Uh, Christmas was a dominant uh, player, sure. Mooch Jesenowski, and for some reason I can't think of Mooch's real first name, but everybody knew him as Mooch and all that. In fact, there was a game the year earlier when they were both juniors. I think Iroquois played Sweet Home at Ralph Wilson Stadium for the championship. And a lot of the uh, Trench Trophy men were there. They wanted to take one more look at Christman. Well, all of a sudden he's going up against Jesenowski. They're both juniors. And I think Chris... Uh, Chrisman had a slight owie, so he wasn't 100%. But, boy, Mooch, that was his coming out game, and he was a contender the senior year. He could play the game. Went to uh, Edinburgh, I believe, and played football at Edinburgh. Joe. Um, John Ursel, Canisius. Yeah, good Chris, call. Chris Smith, St. Francis. Good, Both good calls. Yeah. How about Doug Worthington? Do we count him as an alignment? You can count him, yeah. All right. Well, you know, I didn't watch him play, so you guys Tight can. ends and. Uh, you know, I got to throw Wheatley in there. You, you, he, you know, he didn't get the credit he deserved because he was double teamed all the time. <laughs> yeah, and they yeah. ran the other way. But he, yeah, he he was dominant. I, I Rich was, Carlson, I had Wheatley on defensive line. <laughs> Rich Carlson from uh, 
Southwestern. He won the Trench Trophy, went on to uh, play uh, at UB. Uh, Runner-up the year Carlson won the trophy, probably never got the credit. Sean Moran played at both St. Joe's and Riverside. In fact, I think, uh, I mean, Sean Mulhern, excuse me, mixed up with the linebacker from OP. I'm sorry, Sean. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm looking at this, I got a linebacker of OP. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, no, uh, Sean Mulhern might be one of the only players that played on a Harvard Cup championship football team, a Yale Cup championship basketball team, and a Monsignor Martin championship foot, uh, basketball team. Wow. Because he went, uh, yeah. for, as a sophomore and junior, he played at St. Joe's, and freshman and senior, he was at Riverside High School. Well, you yeah. have any linemen? When I was in high school, um, I do remember Doug Worthington a lot when um, St. Francis and St. Joe's was dominating the Monsignor Martin. Um of course, when I'm in high school, I'm not paying that much attention to lines outside of my school. So, you know, I got to go with a Cleveland guy. I'm going Antoine Burton. Graduated uh, 2000 or 2001. We won a sectional title with um, Mason. He went on to go to ECC Tempo, and then he went to the NFL. So, shouts out to Antoine Burton and the Golden Eagles. All right, let's throw out some uh, running backs that we have watched over the years. And two of them, they were so productive, almost will their way to win. And that would be Jeff Tundo running back from OP and Ty Godino running back from Lancaster. If you needed a yard, they got you the yard. If you needed 10 yards, they got you 11. They were that type of uh, backs. Uh, Deceiving when you watch them play, but by the end of the game, you look up and they'd have over 200 yards rushing. Now, when you talk about running backs, the two that come to mind would be uh, Quadri Allison, Kniches uh, playing at Pittsburgh right now, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, how about Akil Lynch, St. Francis? Yeah, both. Those were, are just two of many, many. And those uh, are more the recent ones. How about a uh, young man from South Park, the late uh, James Henley? Yep. You know, as good as good as that South Park team was a year ago, I. I'm almost willing, and uh, too bad it wouldn't be next week when Rich is here. I'd like to hear Rich's thoughts on that. Uh, I like that uh, 2002 South Park team when James Henley was a junior. Boy, I wish they were in Section 6 then. I would have loved to see their chances at New York State. That's still one of the best football teams I have ever seen. Joe? I'm going to go two older times uh, here. Neil Boron from Kenmore East, 1977, Connolly Cup finalist. And Chris Raybound from St. Joe's back in 77. And uh, Tony, you coached this guy, Zach Cudron? Yeah, I didn't want to mention because I coached him. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, funny you mention that because Zach Cudron won the Conley his senior year. Yep. And I still would have voted for James Mallory from uh, Ken Cam- West that yep. year because. I didn't James get to watch Ma- James play, so that's but why. But he carried that. He, he oh, was sure. single-handedly. Zach Kedron, as good as he was, he had a supporting cast that was out of this world. Ilio DiPaolo, uh, Pasquale Raimondo. Wasn't Worthington yes, on that Yes, Doug team Worthington well? was on that They team. were loaded. Sure. So, uh, Smith at the line. I thought Mallory, he was Kenmore West. You know, Mallory's not there. Game over. Ken West doesn't win. I actually think St. Francis could have won a lot of games without Zach Kedron. Um, I guess you'd have to put him at linebacker because he wouldn't make kicker nowadays. Is Sandro DeAngelis from St. Joe's? He played linebacker. He played running back. He was a kicker, punter. Didn't and he win the Connolly? He won the Connolly. Yeah, that's what I thought. And he probably could have won the Connolly the year after, but he injured his foot before he went to Nebraska. That's right. 
Yeah, he was something else. He was a uh, he was really special. Yeah, uh, let's go ahead. Oh, I was gonna mention Zach Kedron was definitely somebody I remember from my era, and um, a couple other guys from the mid two thousands: Curtis Underwood from Lackawanna. Marcus Johnson from Sweet Home, who, by the way, was at Cleve Hill a year or two before he went to Sweet Home. And um, shout out my a couple other Cleve Hill guys, Eric Everett from Cleve Hill in 2001, and Rob Kelly, who graduated with me in 06, who was a Conley Cup finalist. I don't know if we listen because we could probably listen at linebacker, but uh, the guy I never would want to tackle. Uh, Dacian Errol Morris. I have him at linebacker. We'll get to them in a little <laughs> bit. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to throw out some more names. You're listening to Inside High School Sports. We're back. One last segment of Inside High School Sports. Kind of throwing some names around. Some of the best players that we've watched over the years. Again, keyword we have watched in person. All right, quarterbacks, guys. Uh, this is a tough one. I mean, we could probably spend an hour just on quarterbacks, but I'm going to go with uh, Chad Kelly and uh, and Joey Licata. I think uh, Chad get, given the edge based on what he could do with his feet, uh, but both uh, threw probably as nice a ball as anyone. And, uh, <laughs> I didn't watch you play, Nate. I'm sorry. You, I was done doing. I was done doing the Lancaster games by the time you were playing for Frontier, so I didn't get to watch you play. Had I watched you play, I probably would have put you right up there. So you know, it would have been. Uh, it would have been right there. Uh, maybe even throw in Scotty Drosendahl, who had one of the prettiest long balls that I seen uh, in high school. So there, there's three of them for me. What do you guys got? Easily the the best quarterback from my time was Naaman Roosevelt. That guy was. Incredible. Yeah, you don't and, realize that in high school he was the quarterback. Right. Yeah, he, he, him and Ilio DiPaolo, I mean, it was St. Joe's, St. Francis every year. And I think I don't think St. Joe's was able to beat them for the championship until Naaman's senior year. But Naaman was the man. Naaman, Naaman was the best quarterback of my time for sure. Um, I remember in the city guys like um, – Couple dual athletes, Rodney Pierce at Hutch Tech and um, Mario Caesar from Riverside. Um, those were some pretty good quarterbacks over there. And um, a QB from Cleve Hill got shout out Myron Lee from Cleve Hill. <laughs> I'm gonna go back a few years. Uh, of course, uh, we mentioned James Henley before. Uh, Jason Truman, who played the quarterback on those good South Park teams, a uh, guy I liked. He was a quarterback. He did everything in there. And, you know, you remember the name when I tweak your memory from Lakeshore High School, Jake Gracchi. Yeah. What a uh, football player. How about somebody from Iroquois? You think a guy named Kyle Shevlin might uh, fit into the that right. mix? Chris Stoddard and uh, Zach Kopak, the quarterback, won the state champions two years in a row. Stolt from Alden. The Stoltz. How about Matt Scalise from North Tonawanda? Remember him, Tony? He was a linebacker quarterback. I still remember the championship game, or for the final game of the year to see who finishes first, Niagara Falls versus North Tonawanda. North Tonawanda is up 28-21. Niagara Falls scores a touchdown. Roll the dice and go for two. James Stark rolls out to the right, running towards the end zone. Matt Scalise tackled him short of the goal line. Two-point conversion, no good. But Matt Scalise, what a football player he was. How about Chris Secchi? Yeah. Or Tom Secchi? 
from Maple Grove. Randlesecki from Maple Grove. <laughs> <Hennessecki. laughs> exactly. Uh, Throw their mom in there. Uh, who they have I left out? Thank you. You already mentioned uh, Joey Licata. Bryce Morrison. How about that championship game he had at Randolph mm. two years ago? Wow, the yeah. The state championship game. The list goes on. Yeah, that's what I said. We could spend a whole hour just on, on that. Joe? Uh, Corey Shaw, Maryville. Connolly Cup winner in 92. Uh, Mike Radon, who I coached his very first game through six interceptions. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, Joe. The year after naming Roosevelt, Terrence Schmond played quarterback. Yes. It broke every record Roosevelt had for a year. That's right. Yeah. Forgot about him. I got to throw Jake Sisson in there. And, by the way, uh, James Starks was the quarterback at Niagara Falls. Yes, he you was. Should have, I watched Starks when he was playing quarterback against Will North, and uh, Starks rolling out to his right. And with the, I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> Joe, you got to pay attention and not knock the mic off. Uh, Starks rolling out to his right with a flip of the wrist, 60 yards downfield for a touchdown. Just incredible. Uh, let's throw out We'd some. We'd be remiss if we didn't mention Casey Cass from uh, sure. St. Uh, Sweet Home. Oh, yeah. Uh, we have a little bit of time left. How about some uh, wide receivers? We'll throw out DJ Nettles. We'll throw out Alex Newts. Uh, a couple guys that year is because of those guys. Uh, did, any other year probably would have been all Western New York. Uh, A.J. Roberts from Niagara Catholic. We had him in studio for sure. the Lions Club game. Uh, Joe Caparelli, uh, Chris uh, Secchi's favorite receiver. Probably would have been all Western New York. How about he, Stasiak? How about, yeah, there you go. Well, how about any receiver, Joey Licata, through to, uh, you know, Mark Capola. Sure. Uh, oh, come on. Uh, Bob McKinnon's grandson, I'm blanking. Oh, God. Riverside. Kevin O'Connell. Mike, Mike Williams Mike from, Williams from sure. Riverside. Good kick returner, too. Um, Naaman was throwing uh, Dominic Cook. Cook. He was a really good receiver. What um, an athlete Dominic Cook sure. was. Will man. North, Rob Gronkowski was just I have catching. I a tight he end. Was dominant. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, but okay, bearing in mind now, uh, we're going on his reputation as a pro. Senior year, he did not play high no, school he, football No, not his in senior Western year in New Western New York, but his junior year, he had two, three touchdowns a game. Joe? Wide receiver? Yeah. Uh, I had a kid, coached him up, Anthony Fulham at Canisius with Sean Brady thrown to him. Mm-hmm. I remember Sean Brady. That's it. You guys uh, named a lot of them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go through some of my uh, defensive players real quick. Linebacker, DeShanero Morris. I don't think I saw a better linebacker play. Uh, Keith Spence from uh, Sweet Home. Sean Moran, OP. Uh, Let's see. My kicker, Das Boot. Uh, Another linebacker, Brad Zaffron. Uh, D-line, Wheatley. Defensive back, Capone Smith. Don't forget Steve Means. Sure. Sure. Or you might put him at defensive end. You could put him almost anywhere on the uh, front seven on defense, play tight end, and the H-back uh, on offense. He did it all. All right, guys. So any other defensive players from you guys? Um, I remember right before I graduated high school, McKinley had a player, Sergio Smith. Bingo. Yeah, I have him he on was, my he McKinley was good. player. He was really good. He was the uh, player of the uh, Harvard Cup game, I think, two years Running, he was the defensive player that as a junior, right. and he was player of the game his senior year. Those were the years that McKinley uh, won three straight Harvard Cups. All right, guys, that's going to do it. Thank you much. Uh, Nate Gary, thank you. We'll talk to you next week for more Inside High School Sports. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.